When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please support not only those great shows but the awesome shows like the run the floor podcast the nba draft junkies podcast and everyone that works at the lakerholics.com website if you can please support all of us independent outlets it is truly appreciated. Well, we had another great game come down to the wire. Looked like it was another fun time indeed. If you're Adam Silver and you're enjoying all this Eastern Conference action with Miami pulling out the victory today. But first, before we go ahead and recap that game, we're obviously going to be here to break down tomorrow's Western Conference Finals. And game one starts tomorrow on Friday with the Lakers facing off against the Nuggets. And here today to talk about all the great things going on are three great guests indeed. First off, I want to go ahead and talk to my good friend. You know him as the man behind NBA Draft Junkies. You got to go ahead and check out everything that he does today at NBADraftJunkies.com. His great YouTube videos page, which you're going to see right now with videos after videos after videos. In fact, one he just put up today with uh, Big Board Talk with Derek Prashak, I think it says right there for you, which I got to check out because I hadn't seen it today. I've been kind of busy, so I got to check it out. It is NBA Draft Junkies and be part of the 12,000 subscribers there right now. It is Rafael Barlow. And Rafael, I know you as a man who loves his video games, but are you still downloading NBA 2K? No, it took six hours. And uh, so it's finally uploaded. And and then I guess the day after I finally got it uploaded, they... um, put out the price for the ps5 which is a lot lower than anticipated 399 and 499 coming out november 12th and 19th depending on the area check your local listings so sad that i know that already but what can i do pop culture (laughs) and see i don't play it enough to you know i i probably play the game maybe three times a year but then those three times i'm locked in like it can be 18 hours a day for three days and then I'm done. So, but I hate having the outdated system. So somehow, some way I'm going to figure out a way to have the PS5. Well, the advice I would give is this. I mean, if you've got a 1080K TV or a 4K TV, uh, really doesn't matter at this point in time. To me, it's all about the games. And yes, including NBA 2K, although you will have to pay extra for NBA 2K, but most of the games that are currently available on PlayStation 1 and Xbox One we'll be getting some sort of free upgrade again outside of NBA 2K to whatever PlayStation 5 and Xbox 1 are going to do but if there's no exclusive 
games that are drawing people in at the time. So I tell most people, wait. But that's, like you said, you're going to buy one. My co-host, Marcus De La Garza, is going to buy one. My other co-host, Josh Peer, is going to buy one. So look like, hey, you guys want to go ahead and spend? Spend right away. I just want a reason to buy it and that I can't find right now in current systems. Don't find it quite yet. But maybe if it helps the loading times, maybe that should be a reason I should buy it right there. So, uh, but, uh, but then again, you, six hours of uploading. And then you had to run into the microtransactions, which are on there, which I know was frustrating. So uh, that's something that is always a part and now of what 2K has to offer. But let's get back to the basketball. And here today also as well is a good man indeed. You got to check out what he does for when he's able to go ahead and post some blogs right there at Lakerholics.com. It is one of the blog editors indeed. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie... You look like you're a man in mysterious shadows from where I'm seeing you at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, I've got my back side lighting, uh, my high fi- my high side light kind of kind of up here in the kitchen. Hey, if you're trying uh, to scare Nuggets fans, you've done your job. I think I think uh, you know I think it's might be Lakers fans need to worry a little bit about what the Nuggets can bring. Uh, but I think both teams have a healthy amount of respect for one another. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know the Lakers are saying the right things, and I know the Nuggets are as well. So we'll see what happens, and we're going to be talking about that here in a sec. But I want to go ahead and introduce the last member of our crew right now today. Last but certainly not least, he's a man indeed that you got to check out with all the great stuff that he does for Medium and also his site, LakerHolics.com. And Laker Tom, so good to have you on the show. Are you having enough vitamin D lately? <laughs> I've had more than enough vitamin D. I've been waiting three days to tell you that joke, so I just wanted to let you know. It's it's an inside joke, everyone. Basically, Laker Holly's We're learning a lot about firewalls and yes. uh, hackers. And, uh, yes. We, we, got, right. we got hacked by vitamin D at LakerHolics.com. Only we can do that. Only we are that skilled. But we've got a great show lined up for today. First off, I want to go ahead. And since you've had the roughest week, I think, out of all of us, Laker Tom, and you had to go ahead and upgrade and spend extra money and Vitamin D got you. I want to go ask you this. Uh, It is the Lakers and Nuggets coming up tomorrow as we're talking right now. And it is going to be a great matchup indeed. Not the matchup that a lot of people were expecting, especially Clippers fans who (laughs) are still, still, as Rafael and I talked about the last time we spoke, still getting roasted on Twitter. What are your thoughts as far as initially on this series and I know it's going to be a matchup, obviously, between the top two for the Lakers and the top two for the Nuggets, but there are more things than that that will come into play. Yeah, I think it's it's actually going to be an interesting series. Um, I think that one of the things that's if you watched if you watched what the, happened when the Nuggets did their three game comeback against the Clippers. Um, you can see what the major problem that the Lakers are going to face in trying to defend them. And make no mistake, Frank Vogel's a defensive coach, and his whole focus is going to be on what do we do to stop uh, Nikola Djokic and uh, and uh, Jamal Murray. Um, and basically, it's that high pick and roll where they get that that short uh, that short roll by uh, Djokic, and he's sitting there in the center of the thing with a four on three advantage. And he's got three-point shooters in the corners, one on the wing, and usually somebody cutting to the basket. Um, the guy makes is not only an elite passer, maybe the best 
I've heard a lot of people say the best passing big man that played the game. I'd, I'd have to see him play a lot longer before I'd give him that uh, title. But uh, he not only makes great passes, but he makes great decisions. And that makes it very tough on figuring out how you to stop him. Um, and I think that, that really the, the adjustment that the Clippers did not do in that series was basically stopped from trapping up at the top um, and stopping that role to, to put him at the free throw line with, with either a little floater or, or hitting a guy for a dunk or hitting one of those open three-point shooters. Um, so it creates, uh, you know, all the teams that the Lakers have beaten so far, the Blazers and the Rockets, were kind of one-dimensional. Even though they had good backcourt mates, it really was, it really was a case of Damian stopping Damian Lillard or stopping uh, James Harden, and you basically stopped the offensive engines of those teams. The uh, the Nuggets have a two-person offensive engine, and they play together. They play that pick and roll really tough. So that's going to be the big decisions is that Frank Vogel is going to have to make on how to defend that lineup. Um, they're the ninth-ranked uh, ninth defense, the fifth-ranked offense. The Lakers have the third-ranked offense, second-ranked defense, um, and the first-ranked net rating in the league. So the, the series is going to come down to the Nuggets not having any way to stop LeBron and AD, in my opinion. Um, I think that the Lakers defense will be able to figure out how to stop the Nuggets offense. Um, I have the Lakers in five. Um, I think if there was some, I think there's also a good chance it could be a sweep. And I think there's a good chance it could go to six games, just depending on how well Frank does in making his adjustments. Um, I've sort of backtracked a little bit. I think there is a chance we could lose game one simply because Frank's been coming out saying that he's, He's going to revert back to uh, to the big lineup and and basically want to put two bigs out there, which probably means Javale starting for the first five minutes of the game or seven minutes, whatever it is. Um, I don't see a matchup that works with Javale on the court, uh, regardless of how they decide to play Jamal and and uh, Nicola. Um, the problem is is that neither neither McGee or Howard are going to be able to do anything out at the three-point line with Joker. Um, and then also the presence on the inside uh, on offense is going to clog things up, which is playing right into the right into the Nuggets' hands. That's exactly what they want to do. They want to have three or four guys contesting shots. They're going to gang rebound and gang shot block because they don't have any really elite defenders who can shut people down. So it's going to be an interesting series. I think that the, the challenge of the – Nuggets is much stronger than the Rockets or Blazers were, but I also think the Lakers have learned a lot in the first two series. They're playing as well as they have played all year long, so they really are peaking at the right time, and it's Lakers in five games. There's a bold prediction there for you. All I say is this. The Lakers better not go up three games to one, or else the Nuggets <laughs> have them right there, right there in their clutches, right there. So <laughs> if we lose the first game, we may have the Nuggets right where we want them. There you go. Yeah, the Lakers got to lose the first the game, and then the, the Lakers also got to go up three games to one for the Nuggets. Yeah, that's the way it's been going lately. So it's going to be an interesting matchup indeed. Raphael, what are some of the things that you're noticing and what are some of the things that you think that they have to go to as far as on either side in order to go ahead and come out on top? The Nuggets have to get down 
<laughs> and once once they get that figured out, then they should be fine. Uh, as far as I don't, you know, the Nuggets is, is just a hard team to pre- to prepare for in a sense because on paper you don't think that they have a chance. Yeah. On paper, you just say, oh, you know, you know, you know, Jokic is good. And then, you know, Murray is capable of putting up big numbers. But then just like the average fan, or even when you watch their video, you're probably not going to respect the rest of the players on the team. And somehow they get it done. And I think there is a tendency probably in both series to get overconfident because they don't seem like they have the star power. I mean, like Murray, to me, he's proven to be a superstar in the playoffs. But, you know, a lot of times – reputations are supposed to be made in the postseason, but a lot of times it's not, you know. And the Clippers in the first part of that series, when they went up 3-1, were really doing a good job on defending and limiting the number of, uh, or limiting the amount of effectiveness that Jamal Murray Mm -hmm. had. Yeah, and but I think that goes back to what I said, a little overconfident. If you figure like, oh, we've, you know, we have him struggling, there's no chance that Denver can compete. And, I mean, if you you look at it, he really didn't go off until the most important game in the last game. So, you know, the Lakers just have to make sure that they're not overconfident and and you have to remain focused even if you go up three games to one. Or even if you go up 19 points or if you go up 16 points or if you go up 12 points. Like uh, well, like did in five, six, and seven. Yeah, but unless Doc Rivers is coaching the Lakers, I don't, that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> did, you, did you guys see that clip that started surfacing where it was like Phil Jackson from the finals? Did you see that one? No, no. I look for it. So yeah, it was a it was a clip from I don't was it 2010 or 2009? I think it was 10. And yeah, 10, and he's just like in the huddle. This team blows more leads than anybody else. Basically, just. <laughs> They're going to blow the lead, stay focused, and it actually happened. Like, it it was just funny that that clip resurfaced. And, um, but yeah, I just, I mean, I think LeBron is the leader that's not going to allow his team to lose focus. You know, if if they have an opportunity to shut the door, they're going to slam it. And they're going to have to because, as we're going to talk about with the Miami Boston uh, series, right now, Miami seems to have uh, Boston's number at the way that they're closing out games. So it might have to be something that the Lakers might have to, like Laker Tom has them finishing in a short amount of time in order to go ahead and advance and not have too much of a delay because there's already a two-game difference or buffer that the Eastern Conference teams have right now. So, Jamie, I want to ask you this. What are some of the things are you looking forward to? I noticed you had some apprehension about the Denver Nuggets team because it sounded like, you know, you were concerned about them in a way that you maybe wouldn't have been about the Denver Nuggets, say, six to eight weeks ago. Well, I, 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 I have had a healthy respect for the Nuggets from the beginning. Uh, I did think Utah had them done. And then after they came back from that series, I stopped kind of counting them out. I mean, there's there's so many cliches about this is why they play the games. It's why they do, you know, there's, and this is why they play the games, right? You know, a team can fall asleep. A team can take its foot off the gas pedal. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons I think 
Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are a bad combination is that neither one of them is the is like a Rondo or a LeBron who's going to like get in your face and like talk to you about what you did wrong. They're just going to like mope over to the sideline, let the coach coach, go in, play their game. And their games are great. They have great games. They're amazing players. They're incredible athletes. Um, but, you know, Kawhi Leonard and, and, and Paul George were supposed to be a, an unstoppable defensive tandem. And they couldn't stop a lot of the nuggets from scoring when they needed, you know, and not just one nugget, but guys on the whole team, you know, guys on the whole team came up big and clutch moments. And I, that's, a, I think, uh, a testament to Mike Mullen's coaching, who I think is one of the great unheralded coaches in the NBA. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the Boogie Cousins documentary Resurgence, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's really good. Um, Mike Mullen's all over that, and uh, it, it kind of gave me a new appreciation for his uh, sort of attitude towards sport and professional basketball. But I, I think that that there are some, you know, when the Lakers were up against Houston, I was a little worried that that would almost unlock the shooting of the Houston Rockets because they had played so tight and nobody had really gone off in any of the games, and it just didn't happen. Uh, I don't know if it was our defense. I don't know if it was James Harden being tired. I don't know if their games just don't really apply to playoff basketball. I don't know why that didn't happen. But the the Nuggets have found a way to unlock that power when they get down and they're in a tight spot. They just start playing with a lot more ease. And if you read Jokic's comics uh, about playing the Lakers on, uh, I can't remember who put it up on ESPN. Somebody put an ESPN article on up on it today. He talks about that specifically. He's like, when we, when we get down, like we stop playing selfishly and we play more for one another. And the Lakers, I think have been good about doing that all year. Um, they really have a team that's about the team and not about LeBron or a team that's not about AD or about whoever's on the court or whoever's doing what, like the team is best when we play as a team. And that's true all the time. That's how Detroit beat the Lakers. When we had Peyton Malone, Kobe and Shaq, that's how San Antonio wins all the time. That's how the Toronto Raptors won last season. It's just how the teams, the best team wins. Um, even if you have a prolific score like Harden or an incredible defensive scoring tandem like George and Leonard. So I think the thing to worry about, and that's why I think, you know, having LeBron, somebody who's like, you know, has a, an incredible ability to lock in and focus is the biggest difference maker in this series, more so than any like, schemes or you know physical disparity between the two i think and that's definitely proven true in the bubble if you can push past that mental fatigue push past like the the grind that is this weird playoff season with no travel you know games every other day you know all of that stuff you are going to have you're going to put yourself in a great position to win um which is weird to say that you know, the mental game is the, the most important game in the NBA playoffs. Uh, but I, I, just, I feel pretty strongly about that at this point. Well, it's, it's not that just you're saying it. I mean, it's there's living proof what Raphael and, and I had been talking about during the Clippers series. It, it got to their heads. Yep. It was not a totally. it's not a, a question of talent, question of uh, physical. It was mental. Once they started yeah. losing their lead, once the, the Nuggets started hitting their shots, the Clippers mentally felt defeated each and every time out. And that's, to me, something that we saw even today in, in the game with Miami and Boston, where they were up as many as 17. And still, they managed to go ahead and, and did the El Foldo act in the, in the second half. 
but I want to. Go, oh, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to add. It goes back to what was said um, earlier in the show about the Clippers not having this this leader. And remember, early in the playoffs, when the whole Lou Will situation came up, I mentioned that that would not happen on the Lakers. Yeah. LeBron would not allow no that. And so, and I, I'll be honest, I thought the Clippers were just too talented from top to bottom. I thought that they had the wings to give LeBron trouble. Wings? And I, <laughs> that was a total was a, coincidence. Yeah, total, total Lou Williams slip there. <laughs> that was a great, that was a great catch there. Um, but yeah, I thought that, um, I just thought that they had enough firepower and end up to to beat the Lakers in seven. But I did switch up a little bit once the whole situation with Lou Will happened. I said that would not happen on a LeBron team. Yeah. And I doubt if anybody on that team checked him, you know, let him have it. Doc Rivers and, didn't even check him, right? Like Doc Rivers is like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I really do think Doc is non-confrontational in a sense because yeah. – I mean, we've heard the stories about Rondo through a TV at him. <laughs> I heard that story. Um, awesome. Um, I, I heard the story about, and I actually heard it, uh, you know, when it happened, about when Matt Barnes and him got into this altercation in 2015. And Matt ended up telling the story on his uh, on his podcast. But, yeah, I mean, he just, I think in some cases he – is I think he he may just kind of self police the guys in a sense. While, and I, I think on that team maybe like a KG was the one that kind of held everybody accountable. I feel like that was the issue with the the Lob City teams. Like you always heard about them having chemistry issues, not getting along. And to me, outside of the Warriors, in the last five years, top to bottom, they've had the most talented players in the Clippers uniform. I mean, you've had, what, three different guys win six man of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, three all-stars for sure with, with Lob City. Um, Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, even with this Clippers team just this year, you had the six man of the year. You had two guys on the all-defensive team. And um, so, yeah, I mean, talent has never been this issue, but it seems like they keep having issues with chemistry and the two different two different uh, teams, even though it's the same same franchise, but this is, team is totally different. And I think a LeBron James team has. I mean, they've had some issues before, but at the end of the day, you know, LeBron is the leader, hands down. And certain things aren't going to fly with him on the roster, and that just seems like that's what the Clippers are missing. And that just shows that maybe Kyle Lowry was the real. Yeah you know, vocal, emotional leader of that team. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. I love the memes, though, that are on Twitter about how the Clippers lost to this guy, and they're showing a picture of Nikola Jokic as a kid, 
as this, this yeah, out of shape chunky little kid and it's like the clippers lost to this guy and it's just so funny how the these twitter just just roasting the clippers big time which is but, what i'm hoping will not happen to lebron and the lakers going forward but there is that very real possibility that you guys will have to stay off of twitter if the lakers uh series goes south either now or in the final well, Laker Tom, I would shut down. I would shut down your Twitter if that in case does happen on the slightest chance it does. But it is going to be a, a very interesting series uh, at, at very least coming up. I think that it, they will provide at least some challenge to the Lakers if they're not able to stop that pick and roll. Uh, one last roundabout and then we'll go ahead and hit the, hit the Miami series. Uh, Laker Tom, I want to ask you this. When it comes to stopping that pick and roll with those two, I mean, for me, it's simple mathematics. You've got two great players out there on the back end doing that pick and roll, running that pick and roll in Jokic and Murray. Why not have your two best players on them in LeBron and AD? Oh, they switch? Oh, that's terrible for the Nuggets because then you have LeBron on Jokic, who's almost as tall as AD, and Jokic can't take him down to the box because he's actually stronger than Jokic. And he's stronger than AD. So that would be the worst choice. But then again, if you've got a motivated LeBron playing defense, that's bad for Murray. So Murray will have to go ahead and create a sh- some type of either miraculous shot or go ahead and pass the ball off. And now you're leaving it up to the, to, to the role players. And there is the thing. The Lakers role players are on a high and a confidence right now that we haven't seen at all in the bubble. And that's something that I really want you to talk about because it could come down very well to the role players and who performs the best. You know, it, it, it's funny because in every series, every great championship run, it always comes down to certain role players. Your superstars have to perform. That's just a, a, a given. And if they don't perform, you know, we saw what happened to the Clippers and we saw what happened to the Bucks. Um, the bubble has changed everything in a, in a lot of ways because it's given some teams like the like the Nuggets and like the Heat uh, a new life that they really never were sure that they had until the bubble opened up. Uh, it's taken other teams like Milwaukee and the Clippers and and really shown their weaknesses. Um, both of those teams really never had gotten here before, and the same reasons why they didn't get here. The last times they played were the same reasons they didn't get here this time. In the case of the Clippers, it was camaraderie and culture. In the case of the Bucks, it was being one-dimensional. Um, I think it's kind of interesting, this whole thing that's going on with Frank Vogel saying that the Lakers are going to revert to playing big, um, which really means that they're going to revert to playing big half the game and small half the game. Um, I think one of the reasons that might be behind that is that they plan to not double Murray. They plan to stay at home with the players. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think they want two shot blockers in there to protect the rim. They're willing to gamble on that. They're even willing, I, I think Frank's even willing to lose game one if he has to in order to make that gamble because he wants to keep he wants to keep his bigs in uh, in the rotation. He wants to keep the bigs engaged. He wants the team chemistry remaining intact. But he'll be quicker and, this time and, around to go ahead and, and make a change. Yeah, and also, 
he's got the he's got the new version of small ball in his back pocket if if right. if McGee and and Howard really can't handle that situation. There's also 10 minutes of the game when you're going to have Plumlee on the floor. Those are perfect times for for McGee and and uh, Howard to play. Um, so I think that I, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of. I don't like the idea of LeBron on Murray. That's crazy. You don't want to wear LeBron down like that. But there's going to be times uh, he's going to ask. To I, play I think we're going to. I think we're. I think we're going to have primarily. Uh, I think you you may see a lot of what we did against uh, Harden and Lillard in throwing a handful of guys at him, uh, at both of these players. I think that's why one of the reasons why he's probably going to give McGee and uh, Howard a shot at uh, Jokic is is simply just to wear him down. These guys have played these guys have played 14 games and we played 10. Uh, Jokic just played over 500 minutes, and so has McGee and Howard have really only played seven. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, and we're going to be physical. He wants to be physical with these guys, and that's one of the reasons why he's 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 willing to gamble a little bit on going with the big guys, even though he knows, and everybody knows, that the best lineup is going to be with AD at the five, and AD is the guy who can shut Jokic down. Um, Murray... Murray's great. We'll see how he handles this in this situation. I I was impressed as hell that the kid came back because Paul George basically shut him down those first three or four games. Um, and and like Raphael said, he really didn't go off for a forty point game until that last game. But man, he made some shots in that last game that was really spectacular. But Joker is the wild card. Joker is the guy that they've got to stop, and and they're going to they're going to focus on him. Um, and I and I think they can stop him. You know I. There's there's one emotional sort of mental part of this whole thing that is it's like getting invited to the dance when you're a girl. You know, you part of the excitement is that you got invited to the dance. Doesn't matter how well you dance when you get there, you got invited to it. They've gone through two they they've had these two comebacks. They're sitting on cloud nine. They're playing with house money is true, but when you're playing with house money, it also it's a little different than playing with your own money when it really counts. And the Lakers are not playing with house money. They're playing with LeBron's legacy, 80s legacy, and the legacy of the Lakers. Um, they're not going to slack off. They're not going to, they're not going to be anything like the Clippers. Uh, and like Raphael and, and, uh, and Jamie said, you know, LeBron is the big difference maker. So you're comparing this to a girl going to the dance. <laughs> I think I'm comparing I'm, what I'm saying is that they they've already won their season. Okay, they I'm, already won the playoffs. I'm just going to say I'm not touching that with a 10 foot social distancing <laughs> pole. That's all I'm going to say to you right now. Jamie, ease on by. Ease on by. That's all I'm going to do. Just ease on by. Uh, Yeah, I'm just that guy rolling down my window watching the accident take place, and then I'm just driving on by. Jamie, I wanted to ask you this real quick. Playoff Rondo, I, he, you know, okay, I'm still not on the train yet, but what <laughs> I want him to do, I don't want him to get 20 points and nine assists. I mean, if you're going to have to ask Rondo to do that for five games or six games in a series, you're, you're kidding yourself. But if you can get solid Rondo, like you saw in the other games after the one where everybody just got excited and la, 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 la. Right. He got like 10 to 14. He got 14 points in one, I think, and 10 points in another. Just pretty good performance. They were performances where he did not hurt you. He played solid off-the-ball defense. 
He played actually on Westbrook and Harden at times, got some steals, got some nice passes, provided enough shooting out there to go ahead and be a distraction. That's all I need him to do, and that's all I think the Lakers should be asking at this point in time. Not super playoff Rondo that everybody's going gaga over on social media. I mean, he only had that one game that he really stood out. No, one game. 14 and 21 points. Nine no, and nine 14, took, 14 doesn't both games. No, 14 points. 14 points is not going to cut it. That's that's not a playoff run. That's that's, that's that's a good. That's a good. That's a, that's a solid backup number. Solid, solid like, as you said, solid backup numbers. That's all you need. You don't you know 21 points. Don't don't ask for that. But 14, 10 to 14, just somebody coming off the bench and getting you what you need to get the job done. That's what you I don't think you can measure it by his scoring, though. I mean, there was Agreed. one point where it felt like every pass he threw, guys made shots. Right. Well, that's all. And... That's all. Just basically saw, but it, it just something you saw at times during the season. What you didn't see it's was the, kind the, of the dime. What's LeBron. Dime. Well, he he's always been a great dime. passer. He's always been a great passer. It's just the attentiveness and what things have driven Lakers fans nuts is is when he gets too sh- you know happy shooting his three and he starts Get on breaking the train, Gerald. I'm not getting on that train yet. And also <laughs> his defense, you saw the analytical numbers, but in the playoffs he's giving you solid effort. So obviously he stepped up this game and Jamie I want to ask you, do you see a continuance of that in this playoff series? I mean, I would expect Rondo to do what he's always done best and that's take what the defense gives him and expertly probe the basketball into the paint. Uh, I think a lot of the times, you know, your your modern NBA guard, uh, off guard, point guard, combo guard, whatever you call the guard position these days, they have like very, everybody has such a specific role in the NBA, especially backup players. But Rondo's role is lead the team, like just make the team better. And he's really good at that. He breaks down game film. He'll tell guys where to be on the floor. He'll get, he brings everybody together after a blown defensive assignment to like figure out like what went wrong, how the play broke down, all these kind of things. Few players in the NBA do that anymore. Few players bring the squad together and say, Hey, we need to like get back on the same page. That's where I think that's the, that, that is the strength of Rondo. I never expect Rondo to score more than 10 points. I never expect Rondo to dish out. I don't expect triple doubles out of Rondo anymore. He's going to grab rebounds because he crashes the board. He cr- he's going to get steals because he's aggressive on defense. I don't, where I worry about Rondo is when he gets – is, is kind of how he – I'm not going to lie. The way we finished game seven with his brother getting kicked out and Rondo yapping at everybody, I was like, this is the Rondo that worries me because he's a little too – He's just too pumped up. He's too into the game. He just needs to kind of take himself, take a step back, and just feel the flow. And, you know, we were winning by that point. The outcome wasn't in question. I don't think his brother's going to get kicked out of the game. <laughs> you know, it's just got to be one of the funniest things. Didn't, that's at least didn't well, you're worried about him getting, it, you know, in an argument or getting into a heated discussion continuously with Murray. And that's the or thing. Or refs or yeah. anybody, you know, yeah. anybody at all. He's, you know, he's, he, he runs hot and that's, that's both a strength and a weakness. And that's, you know, true of all sorts of players in the NBA. That's just how Rondo rolls. But, you know, I think that having a big for Rondo to toss lobs to that isn't AD, uh, that isn't putting the pressure on LeBron is going to put pressure on 
on uh, Nicola on defense because Nicola is not a great rim protector. He's not. He, he's an average defender. He he is like you know he he tries. It's not that he doesn't try. He's not out there just. Well, he's going to be trying like, this series. That's for sure. I'm th- I, we're going to get. We ought to get the Nuggets' best effort, yeah. barring you know some sort of who knows what. But well, I'm just that's. I'm expecting best effort. Be down one three. We'll be down 0-1 after Friday. But uh, uh, there'll be fatigue as far as it's concerned because Tom hit it right on the head as far as saying they've played 14 games and Lakers had 10. So there may be a little bit of fatigue here and there, but you will not get anything less than the best effort from the Nuggets. They're too well coached of a team, and obviously I've seen that already, and they don't give up even at any point no. in the stretch, and, and we've seen and that already. And they don't get into it with the refs. Like yeah. the entire Houston Rockets team gets into it with the refs. You know, yeah. LeBron even gets into it a little bit too much with the refs. The Clippers get way into it with the refs. Doc Rivers is all, uh, Mike Malone doesn't care. He's like, you get your butt down there and start playing defense. Like we can talk about it in the timeout. I'll go and talk to the refs about it during a timeout. You have a job to do. Like that's what I love about Mike Malone is that he's just one of these guys who wants you to play your best basketball game. He doesn't want you to be you know, anything else but a great basketball player. And he does everything he can to put you in that position. So, and it's up to you to take advantage of it. And I just think that it's going to be difficult for the Lakers to match that kind of energy and intensity every night, especially at the beginning. I think as the series rolls along, we'll find our footing, we'll find our legs, we'll find our intensity. But, you know, I, we got old guys, man. We got old guys. That's why all this long rest, I think, is good for them in the long run, but is why we struggle so much in games one, game ones. We struggled against Portland, who we were obviously better than in nearly every facet of the game, except at, at lead guard, CJ McCollum, both guards, I could, I could argue. Uh, Rockets had two of the best guards on planet Earth. Um, so that's where, uh, again, where the talent over mentality is going to be the thing. I, I just think that, you know, having Rondo, the best thing about having Rondo both is to make the rest of the team better and to let LeBron just be old school LeBron, like get him on the wing, get him moving towards the hoop, not with the ball, make his defender, like, you know, watch the ball and LeBron. And, you know, LeBron's so smart. He can get, he gets easy buckets when he he has advantage. and. Easy buckets in the in a playoff game, turn the series, turn a game, make it happen. So that's where I think Rondo's true strength comes in. I think the Lakers are going to be uh, are well equipped to battle any of the remaining teams in the bubble uh, uh, as we move forward. Um, honestly, the team I'm most worried about is Miami because they are so hot right now. Uh, they've got like five different guys that can beat you. Want want to thank? Is that a vote for the Rondo uh, playoff Rondo train? I don't believe it's just it's just right. But dude, I mean, listen, you've you've got like eight trains you're the conductor of. You're conductor of the small ball train. Well, they can conductor of the train train the team for five different players. You're you're running you're running Grand Central Station, my friend. That's right. I didn't get my Euro Pass this year. I don't have my Euro Pass. I'm 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 hitchhiking my way across the. Well, so are you are you voting for Rondo or against Rondo here? Like I mean, first off, Rondo. he's a Laker, so I'm pro Rondo. But what I'm not expecting is like un, unexpected output. I'm not like I said. I never expect Rondo to score more than ten points. I never expect Rondo to dish more. Like, or not? 
I expect him to try, but All the right. uh, well, I think the well, that's that's just to see in the series what happens with this Rondo. Right, train. exactly. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. can't predict it. You're yeah. gonna have to see how it unfolds. Exactly. I want to thank Pretty. Aztec Goji. I want to thank Aztec Goji for uh, watching. He had a comment. He said the Lakers cannot overlook Denver, or else they will go back to L.A. with the Clippers. But he thinks that they will take them seriously, and I agree with you, uh, Aztec Goji. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, I do agree that they will take them more seriously. Raphael, before we head on over to the other game of the night, or actually the game of the night in the NBA playoffs, I want to ask you this. Michael Porter Jr. and the rest of the Nuggets that are out there, is there anyone that you think can be a factor as a, you know, they're, they're seemingly like the Lakers in they're always trying to find a third man to go mm-hmm. ahead and help them out. And they don't consistently have that third guy, but they always seem to have so far in the playoffs enough as far as help for Jokic and Murray to get the job done. Yeah, I think the third guy is still Millsap in a sense. Maybe not on the offensive end, but one of the things that he provides that Porter doesn't is strength. So how many times did I see Kawhi try to bully him and he couldn't move him? Right, Like Kawhi had been, I mean, he's, he still put up big numbers, but when he had a wing on him, he just basically two dribbles, put put it right in the guy's chest, got to his sweet spots. And there were times where he couldn't get to his sweet spot against Millsap because Paul is strong. It was similar to like LeBron being matched up against Boris Diaw when he just couldn't he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't move him or really get around him. Oh, so man, I, I forgot think, about I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think defensively. <laughs> In the half court, he can't – I mean, you never want to say somebody causes matchups for LeBron, but I think he does have the physicality to be able to absorb some of does LeBron's Does he still have the drive. quickness, though? Um, I think – I mean, he's not – I don't think he's going to be defending him out at the three-point line in a sense, but I think that, you know, stride for stride, give him two steps in a pinch, he can – at least absorb the contact. I mean, so many times where LeBron doesn't necessarily blow got blow by guys, he just goes through them. Blows over him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um and then if you notice, like once they I mean they've cut Porter Jr.'s minutes down. He's not starting anymore. He's playing like 14 or 15 minutes per game. And um defensively they've been a lot better with with him playing limited minutes. Um but again, this is just a team when you look at them on paper and you don't think they have a chance to win at all. And it's one of the things I wanted to add earlier about the Jokic and AD matchup. I'm looking forward to it because Gobert is a great defender, yeah. all-NBA defender. And there were so many possessions where Gobert played excellent defense. He you know, used his length, had his hands up, and Jokic just pivot, 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 turn around. And, and he just had like so many different um i don't even want to say moves but just different counters where reverse pivot all of that and then he would throw it up and then if you play good defense he he's very good at the last minute finding a cutter that gets an open look so i think ad is going to definitely make an impact but it's like with him you have to it, it takes so many multiple efforts because if you stop him on a drive, he'll come back to another move. He'll just hold it, hold it, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. And then that little one-leg shot that he's been 
right. throwing up it just throws off the timing of so many defenders because you know you're used to a guy gathering his feet one two and shooting he's i mean he's just so skilled so i'm, I'm that's the matchup i mean everybody's looking forward to that matchup but i mean i thought he kicked gobert's butt and Gobert is not a slouch on defense at all. No, no. So he would I, always find a way to go ahead and outstretch. Even though Gobert's arms would be outstretched, he would always find a way to go ahead and just pull off some miraculous shot just right over his outstretched arms. And, and like I said, Gobert played an outstanding defensive job on him. He just got it done. Go ahead, Jamie. Yep. I'll take I'll take I'll take Jokic scoring thirty to forty points if it means he only has like three or four assists. We can keep those assists down, keep them from like hitting guys, cutting to the rim, keep them off the line, like getting contact with the rim, stuff like that, or kicking out to open threes. I think that's going to stymie the the preferred method of attack by the Nuggets. I don't. Or maybe I think getting they them want, in foul trouble. Well, that's where hopefully you know Javale and Dwight, you know, putting some pressure on them on offense a little bit. Uh, forcing him to play more defense. AD doesn't put a lot of pressure on a defense, his style of play, I feel like. He's not one to, like, back a guy down to the rim and, like, force contact. He he shoots away from contact a lot. He shoots a lot of fadeaways, open jump shots. Um, he gets people in foul trouble very He does. Wrongly. He does. He does. He, he does. a lot of free throws. Off his activity, yeah. not necessarily yeah. bullying no, guys. Exactly. No, his like I think that's mostly from his rebounding. To be honest, he, he's, he's really he's really active as a rebounder. I think that's where he picks up a lot of fouls on guys. Guys hold him. Guys push him. Guys try to keep him off the box or try to box out on him. And he's too quick. He gets around him. I think I I would settle for Jokic putting up career points every night if every other Nugget was including Murray, which is that's the challenge. Uh, is kept, you know, to their average or under. I think that puts us in a solid position to win the series. Well, there I you- think it hurts in a sense because if he's knocking down threes, which will yeah, take AD true. out of the paint, <laughs> and then that's when he can have time at the top of the key to find cutters, and and then the pick and pop becomes an option. Not only the pick and roll, but the pick and pop. So I think that the Lakers really need to contain him because he is the engine. Right. But if you get him in foul trouble, then it's definitely a big win because I don't think Murray is really a point guard and he's not really looking to get guys involved. And because Jokic is really the point center, it allows Murray to focus on doing what he does best, which is trying to score. So I don't know if you try to get some AD post-ups early and see how the refs are calling the game or you, you call some ISOs to get AD I sold on Jokic. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, hunt both of them, man. You want to hunt both of them with LeBron. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. LeBron doesn't get a lot of calls. That's the th- the thing there. He, yeah, he, but gets, he gets hit in the head a lot. Murray the same way as he took Lou Will. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's why it's a great series. There's a lot of great matchups, and there's it's not yeah. it's not going to be easy to stop all of both of Murray and and Nicholas games, right? Like they both it's have. It's harder to stop LeBron's and ADs. Well, uh, I will say this, that the Lakers are going to, I think, respect the Nuggets a lot more and take them more seriously than uh, the what the Clippers did. You can't say the Jazz didn't because the Jazz, that was something that they took them to the limit and the Jazz were the underdogs as far as going into that series. But Aztec Goji, LeBron has been quoted saying that he the, the, the respect that he has for the Nuggets is out of this world. 
So I'm hoping that that will be the case and that they do respect the Nuggets and do take them seriously for an entire series. If that's the case, I'm taking the Lakers in five, uh, just like Laker Tom. So we've got my Laker Toms and my predictions. Raphael and Jamie, I'll start with you, Raphael, first. Your thoughts on the series. How many games and who will win? Lakers in five. Jamie? Still Lakers in six. There you go. You're probably, like I said, you're, you're hedging your bets, man. So I'm, I'm you know, that's uh, might be something that might work out in your favor. I'm hoping it works out in our favor, but that'll just mean a shorter series, which I think is, is going to be necessitated because right now Miami has a two-zip lead on Boston, and they took the first two games in the series starting tonight with a 106-101 victory over the Boston Celtics. A very impressive second half. Raphael, I'm going to start with you, my friend. They pulled out that zone. I think they were just waiting for it to pull out that zone in that second half, and that made a lead that Boston had shrivel up just like that. And I just it seemed to rattle the Celtics like I've seen very few things before in this playoffs rattle the Celtics so much as what the uh, zone that, that the Miami Heat brought there this evening in the second half. Well, I mean, I guess if you're a Bucks fan, you, you say this is what happens when a coach makes adjustments. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they made an adjustment and uh, it it obviously threw them off. And I mean, if you're a Celtics fan, you, you have to feel like, man, we're just a couple plays away from being up two zero. Also. And it's, it's a game of, I mean, you know, they say football is a game of inches, and I guess you can say the same for basketball because, I mean, like I said, Miami could easily be down 0-2. It took a miraculous block and uh, a a big-time comeback. And then the reports on Twitter is Marcus Smart was yes. going crazy in the, in the locker room yelling at someone, and yeah. you never know how, you know, the team is going to respond after that. Um, you know, if you went overboard – or whatever, um, it could motivate them, but or they could flipper it out. That that could happen. That could happen. I don't. He, I don't think so with this group. Well, I mean, you got to remember it's the same group last year that had issues in the locker room. I know, you know. I mean, Kyrie. No, I meant as far as from the Heat standpoint, them not taking uh, the Celtics seriously. I, I think uh, that that the Heat. Well, if the Celtics do come back and win this series, it's not because the Heat just disregarded them. It's because, you know, the talent that Tatum and Brown uh, offer, they just will play at a higher level than what the Heat can match. Yeah, they don't have an answer for Dragic. No, not right now. Uh, he's he's too physical for Kimba. Yeah. Played himself off of the Lakers, too. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. That's another one. <laughs> No, I mean, he's not, not going to settle for the MLE at this point in time, and Miami's probably going to pay him $20 million to stay. No, I know. I remember you mentioning Dragic <laughs> as a early contender earlier this year as that. But... It was one of my three big things that I wanted to get next year. Yeah, that's, uh... Next year? It's been like five years running. Well, before I get back to Rafael on this, Aztec Goji, once again, Aztec Goji, just thank you so much for watching. I don't see LA holding Denver to one win. I think the series easily goes six games, if not seven. Uh, there you go. I mean, you're 
you're calling it Aztec. Uh, Jamie's agreeing with you on that. You've got some great insight, and we truly appreciate you watching. So there you go. But Raphael, when it comes back to Miami and Boston, I mean, what can Boston do to make, just like you said, just a couple fine adjustments here and there that will tweak the series into their favor? Because it just seems like they need a couple tweaks here and there. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to try to throw Gordon Hayward in. Because he was game, close. Which I think it could help or hurt them. Um, it didn't hurt Rondo like I thought. I thought he would be a little bit out of shape. But, I mean, I think that Rondo was out with a hand injury, so he could still run. and and a back injury, though. Yeah. Well, Hayward was out with an ankle injury. So when you're out however long he was out a month, that means he wasn't on his feet doing any activity. So I think he's going to be really out of shape. I mean, you can't simulate basketball shape, especially conference finals playoff intensity after sitting out for so long. So I think that even when he does get in, I think that um, Miami will look to, to attack him and then it may throw off the, the rotation some, I'm but they're short. Curious. They're they're not a very deep team team to start off with in Boston. They're, I mean, I guess they're not by name, but I mean, they have some they have some versatility. I mean, I just think that they're small in a sense. They're really small. And I, I made a comment saying like, why doesn't Boston get labeled a small ball team? Like their center is six eight. At the <laughs> end of the he doesn't shoot threes. That's the only reason. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he does a little, but he's 6'8", and then when he comes off the bench, if they bring Robert Williams in, he's only 6'8", even though he looks like he's taller, but he's 6'8". And then when they play Toronto in the game seven, the closing lineup, Grant Williams was in at center, and he's like 6'7". And they tried playing Canner today, and that didn't work. Yeah, you can't really play him in playoff games. <laughs> Billy Donovan, <laughs> that, that clip of Billy Donovan saying, I can't play him, will forever be out there. Exactly. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But it's something we're going to be more interested in by the day because it looks like just a couple tweaks are needed. Jamie, before we head on over to Laker Tom, and ahead uh, on to you guys, what you guys are up to with your respective sites and all that. I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on the series. Jimmy Butler really wasn't a factor on the offensive end, but made a couple key defensive plays playing off of that zone that really the Miami Heat did a great job of taking advantage of. I mean, he's just he's just a great basketball player. I mean, that's that I like players like Jimmy because he doesn't necessarily need to score to feel important or have an impact on the game. Uh, and I think there's that's the heat culture in general, right? Like there's a great article today or recently, I forget when it came out, 
some guy interviewing Pat Riley and Spo and the whole inner workings of the Heat culture, and it's 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 a real thing. It's like you know, like our team defense is a thing. It's it's like another player on your roster that you can kind of like rely on in some nebulous way, unquantifiable way. Um, you know, I you know you look at the game, you look at the stats and it's not like any player on Boston had a bad game. They just lost the thread as the game went on and couldn't score down the stretch. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's a funny thing how the zone defense seems like it, it almost invites the three point shot. Uh, it, it invites the analytic scores, right? And the way you break a zone is you score inside or you hit threes, but then it seems like when teams go to a zone teams stop shooting Reese. <laughs> and I've never been able to figure that out. Like I, or maybe they stopped making them. I don't know what it is, but it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, I think that, that uh, Brad Stevens is probably, is probably going to use Gordon Hayward. Uh, probably not as a starter, probably on a minutes restriction and try to get him going against, uh, you know, when Butler isn't on the floor uh, and, and not have, because I think that they will just hunt him out on defense and make him play defense and, I think he'll probably have a hard time with that uh, coming back from an ankle injury. Um, I, it gives them another playmaker, I guess. Uh, he, to what degree, I'm not sure. I, you know, Hayward hasn't really ever seen the same since his debut as a Boston Celtic when he, his leg exploded underneath him. Um, he was never that player that you saw in Utah uh, really consistently, uh, if really at all. I mean, he's had great games individually, but not like a stretch where you're like, man, Gordon Hayward's going off right now. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know if it's a mental thing, not trusting the leg or whatever. It just seems like he's, you know, not the player that they signed that to that mega deal to, uh, and maybe never will be. Which, I guess, that's another curse of Boston's that they just can't they can't win the free agent games for some reason, uh, which I certainly don't mind. There you um, go. But <laughs> but I I think that it's going to be the Heat. Uh, I was I thought this was going to go seven. Um, I'm I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, I think it could be be five or six. The way the Heat just have so much confidence on defense. Uh, they just really trust their defense. Um, and Kevin Walker for that's that's a that's that's I think one of the liabilities for Boston is their their star player is so little. Uh, you know, he struggles containing big guys. You can post up Kemba pretty easily. You know, he gets his steals, he gets his defensive moments, but overall his impact on defense isn't that great. And you got to play him because he's your best playmaker and he's going to open up the game for uh, Brown and Tatum. So, uh, and you paid him $141 million. (laughs) Right. Exactly. No, (laughs) you're right. You got to play him. You're not going to be like, listen, not this series. It's not happening. So, you know, they're going to play Kemba. And uh, I think that that's going to be a huge issue. It's, it's, in a way, Brad Stevens is kind of in the same position. Mike D'Antoni is, was, (laughs) uh, like D'Antoni doesn't have a job now, so he's not in any position. Not but, for long, though. Yeah, no, I'm sure Indiana will pick him up for some inexplicable reason. Uh, I, even though I thought Nate McMillan was doing a great job there. Um, I think that there, what adjustment does Boston make? You know, they tried Cantor. That that that's not an adjustment that you can really go to. I, I don't know what they. I don't know what move Brad Stevens makes. At least rotation wise, I guess you could switch to his own two or try some different defensive looks on. Um, you know, Goran to try to take the ball out of his hands, but you know, then they're going to, they kind of have a similar style as the nuggets where like, if, if you're, if you're stopping the penetration by the guards, 
they'll dump it off to Bam at the at the high post, and he can make a play. He can he can. I mean, he's not the spectacular passer that Jokic is, but he's a fine passing center. He 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 hits the open man. He has great. He's got great vision. So. I think that that the Celtics are in trouble. I, I think that not lo- not winning that game one got into their heads. That block maybe got into their heads in a way. <laughs> I saw that LT. Not that block by Bam maybe got into their heads the same way that LeBron's blocks in game three got into Houston's heads a little bit, where they they get a little like, Ooh, what do we do? Like, how do we overcome all of this defensive pressure? Um, and I don't know that there's a good answer. Uh, other than make more shots, uh, that that's it. Like, there's not a great adjustment I see that Brad Stevens has to go to. Um, I, I'm 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 thinking maybe now Heat and five. Well, <laughs> and a well, long break. Let me ask Laker Tom this before we go ahead and head on out, and that is this: Duncan Robinson, name that we haven't spoken about yet, uh, who did a great job, six three pointers. But then, what else did he do? He just did six three pointers, which is what they want him to do. Would trying to force him to put the ball on the floor and also targeting him more on the defensive end be a way to go ahead and maybe get one aspect of that Miami offense that's flowing so well right now a little bit off its game or just enough, just the t- enough tinkering to go ahead and get that five to seven point swing that you sorely need? I don't think so. Um, you know what reminds me of this particular playoffs? is I think that we're seeing in a way, or could be seeing in a way, because it's too early really for me to say that, but I think that it reminds me a lot of the Clippers. I think the problems that the Celtics have is they're supposed to be the team that has been together all of this time, that has played together well, that has such a great chemistry, that has such a great coach, and they've been shocked two games in a row um, and I agree with Jamie that that block that that Bam put on on uh, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum was. I think that that has really affected Tatum's game. You know that was a he was coming down for a dunk that was going to be one of the most heroic plays in Celtics <laughs> history. You know that was a that was a a shot that was going to be, you know, would you would hear every Boston person remember that shot for the rest of their life. And they damn well may remember that block for the rest of their life. And now they've lost two in a row and they're facing what is really the real elimination game in the series. It's not the seventh game or the fifth game or something. This is down two Oh down Oh two. And if you lose this game, historically your odds of being able to come back are zero. So, low, and, and you could imagine, just like Doc, we didn't see the adjustments. The coach who made the adjustments was Spo. It okay. wasn't. It wasn't the Celtics coach. Brad didn't make that adjustments. On top of that, you saw them hunting out the two weak links in that offense and that defense every time. It was. I mean, Goran really took advantage of these over and over for those shots at the end of the game. He just got that center on him and then just basically had no problem going up for his shot on him. And, and small guards, I've always hated small guards. (laughs) They always get hunted at the end of the games. If you've got a smart player and a smart coach. Um, 
And, you know, I, I just think that they've, I think that, that we could see a sweep very easily here. If they lose this next game, I don't think that that team will have enough to come back and fight to save themselves from going down 4-0. Marcus Smart will and, come back and fight. And and I believe that Spro and 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 the Heat, they're going to go for the juggler in the next game because they know it too. They know that they can end the series by winning, or they'll end up in a struggle if they let it go. And they've got their number. They're a smarter team. They've got more clutch players. The decision by Spro to start in the playoffs, Goran Dragic, was just masterful. I mean, he understood that, yeah, it's great for all of these young players who have never played in the playoffs to, to get a chance in the bubble to shine without the home court pressure. But there's still pressure there. And when you've got pressure, you need a guy like, you need more than just, you need a guy that's really can come out there like Butler and come in and do the job. Um, and like I said, you know, I've been, I, I picked the Celtics to win this series and I'm wrong. Um, although I've been rooting for the, no, I've been not, rooting you're not for wrong yet. You're not wrong yet. You're not wrong yet. I can't, I can't, I can't root for the Celtics or the Clippers, but I'm seeing the same thing happening. Twitter is going to be just as hard on the Celtics when they go down four or five games. No, as, no, I don't know. No, 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 not even close. I mean, because he didn't have Paul George orchestrating his way out of no, Oklahoma no, City no. Thunder to become a uh, to become well, a Celtic. You did not, okay, Laker Tom. Yeah, yelling contest. He did have a yelling contest with uh, with Montrez. No, no, yeah, Laker Tom. You did not see the majority of analysts out there and all the videos clips that you see. I, I read and watched every single one of them. And yeah. you did not see as Celtic many people. Theater. Next to the Lakers, there are more. Every every, no, every Lakers no, fan out there, you, you got no, a self-educator. You do not understand the level of amount of individuals out there that were picking the Clippers to go all the way to win the title. You do not. Everybody. You, yeah, everybody. There's not that even close to that amount. There might be a lot of Celtics fans. There, there are more Celtics fans out there than Clippers fans. Yes. but Most fans in the NBA. Well, again, I'm asking, but I'm telling you this. Twitter is a different place altogether. And as we're seeing, when something catastrophic like this happens, Twitter is the first place to capitalize on it. And we saw it Celtics with the Clippers. It's going to be catastrophic. Celtics, if they, it'll, won't, it'll, it'll trend. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. But Raphael, I think you'll agree with me that it's going to trend nowhere near what the Clipper, the Clippers, yeah. uh, you know, collapse and the choke because there's no okay. excuse. They okay. they're trying to provide every excuse okay. in the world. Well, let me say we this. Let me see. Now we're going to let, let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> the clip, the the Celtics are just they're going to get beat by a better team. I picked Miami in the series, and I think Raphael did as well. I'm mm -hmm. going to say this. The Clippers flat out choked. They made every excuse in the book after the series is done. There is no excuse, okay? They didn't They're seem... They're more despicable, well, I would uh, agree with you. Let me, let me finish. I'm saying right now, they did not have chemistry problems when they were up 3-1. They did not have argument problems when it was up 3-1. They were up 3-1 and choked double-digit leads in the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th game, okay? The blame squarely goes on all of them on the floor and the coaching staff right there. Nothing else but that. But they can say it's team chemistry. They could say it's this. They could say it because they didn't play enough games. Or they could say they were tired. They could say all these excuses. It's a bunch of BS. They choked. They flat out choked. It got in their heads and they flat out choked. 
It's simple. And their stars, their stars were one of the main reasons. And there's and no way. That attempt, before that last attempt to dunk, Jason Tatum settled for like three or four straight times down the court. But I'm going to tell you this right now. And again, I'm sure Rafael would agree with me. Even if the Celtics get swept, there is no way it's going to trend and no way you're going to see as much vitriol and hatred and, and laughing and, and memeing and, and trolling on the Celtics <laughs> that you did on the Clippers. Am I right or am I wrong, The only thing could be more would be if the Lakers lost. Well, Rafael, let Rafael... Let <laughs> yeah, the, I, I don't think it would be comparable because, one, you know, you got to think when... Didn't when they announced the trade during summer league, whatever, Pat Beverly and must have like walked by LeBron or something like that. Then um, also, oh, this is I, our I town. Lakers, this is our town quote. Our town. I guess there were billboards in LA. Um, oh yeah. Oh also, man. The yeah, Lakers the players are more despicable than the Celtics. The Celtics players are actually pretty likable, to be honest. About right. It. I don't even think the the. I mean, other than Morris and Beverly, I don't think you can say. Kawhi gave you a reason not to like him, or even Paul George. I think the ones that you may just really don't like are Morris and Beverly. But I think, you know, the video of them laughing at the other guys in, in the bubble, Playoff all of that, that's one thing. But also, I know Laker fans don't like the Celtics. But this year, Laker fans hated the Clippers more than anything. So... And, you know, Laker Nation is the biggest nation in the world. Yep. And when they had a chance to step on the Clippers' throats and make fun of them, <laughs> it was... Your Blazers, well, think- hold on, your Blazers, your Blazers, <laughs> like uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, because they got so yep. much flack. I love Blazers now. Well, they got, they got <laughs> so much flack because of the game that they played where they were at each other's throats. Look what happened there. Look what happened right after the game when the Clippers lost. Who were the first two people? Who were the first two NBA players to go ahead and talk smack? That was right there with Dame and CJ. They were talking to each other as if the whole world can't read their Twitter conversations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm telling you, they voted. They voted to go home. I just didn't think they were going to go home that way. And the <laughs> and, and the Celtics, like you said, have a lot of likable personalities. They don't have the definable personalities that they've had in the past that either you love or you hate. I agree. I agree with they, that. They, this this mm-hmm. is it's a good young team that's going to develop even further. That has a future in, in Boston. Don Nelson or or Danny Ainge or Larry Bird you know, or McHale or all that. You McHale, know, like I said, those guys. I mean, those are real. Yeah, yeah those, those are real hateable guys. And that's what I'm I saying. Era. It's a different era. So the but Celtics, there's a lot of Laker fans, and and we all enjoy stomping on the Celtics. Well, yeah, absolutely, but it's, I, yeah, but it's they're, they're, they're not even our they're not in our division or conference. If well, let, let me put it let me put it this way: if Kawhi Leonard, then we only have sixteen. But that's a long-standing that's the, rivalry. That's, that's, this that's is the, what's the here and now. Remember, Twitter is on what's it's here probably, and what's it's now. It's probably the age difference we're seeing here because I've yeah. been around a lot longer than you guys. Societal difference. I mean, if there's an if there's a what have you done for me this year? Like, if if Kawhi had left a championship team to come to the Lakers and team up with LeBron and gotten Paul George to orchestrate a trade to like come to LA and join forces, the world would have exploded, right? But when it was the Clippers, everybody was like, oh, well, now they're just a great team. And that's just part of the thing of being like a Laker, right? And then like everybody if, went if, on the Clippers, Clippers train, come, all these experts. Oh, dude, 
Yeah, and all Everybody these experts. Was on the train. And Tom, like you, I was part of the 80s. I watched the 80s. I watched all the Lakers championships of the 80s. I know the rivalry. I actually looking at the 88 World Championship back-to-back shirt I have right up here in the corner. So don't tell me I don't know that because I do as part of it. I understand okay, you're the old Lakers. Enough to qualify, Gerald. You're I, old enough. To which qualify. is I don't know. That's it's a great thing for nice me. The guys don't want to step on their throats. But I'm just I'm telling you right now. I see the world as it see as it is right now on Twitter. Again, loves a great story. Uh, yeah, it's a new generation, so and they love a great narrative. The world the way you want it, man. But I'm just telling you, I'm seeing a, <laughs> there's a great narrative. Twitter loves a great narrative, and the better narrative is yeah, the smack talking right. Clippers to get a right. yeah to get uh to get their own, and they I'm got still handed enjoy to them. seeing the Celtics fold. Oh, and, I know, Laker Tom. Even I, though I, even though it won't be as as pleasurable as watching the Clippers fold. Because the Clippers players are really despicable uh, in my uh, mind. And, and I understand the retweeting from at Laker Tom, if the Celtics are to lose, it's going to be great. And I will appreciate that. Yes, I will. But to tell me that the Celtics are going to get roasted like uh, even more than the Clippers right now. They're uh, going to get roasted, though. Because oh, they're going to get there's roasted. A of, there's a lot of Lakers fans who still remember Mikhail. Yeah, but then there's the little bonfire. There's the little bonfire that will happen, and then there's the forest fire that was the Clippers getting roasted uh, that night. So that's two different things. And I also, yeah, I also think this is my personal opinion. I can't confirm it, but I think Kawhi held up the Lakers' cap on purpose. He did. Yes, he did. Of course, he did. <laughs> to screw the Lakers, and he thought like he was going to go to the Clippers. And Just the little things to turn and needle. City, yeah, um, and so I think some Laker fans are, you know, the fact that he kind of played them. Yeah, and then I also think that there's some fans in Canada that are still a little upset. Like I, I remember Donovan Bailey, the uh, the, the guy, um, the Olympic sprinter, and mm-hmm. I think he tweeted, "It was funny seeing a Canadian take send Kawhi home." It's also the way the Clippers funny. lost, though, right? Like they're up three one, three one, and then yeah. they just no, I, collapsed. I agree. I agree. I just like and, to, and then every excuse is made. It's going to be like this. Well, okay. And well, shooting off the side of the backboard. It was yeah. just, uh, I mean, one of the most memorable nights because Celtics <laughs> lost and the Clippers lost. That I mean, talk about making a day. Well, I'm just saying this. And I know Laker Tom wanted. The, I think Laker Tom wanted the Lakers to beat the Clippers in the conference yes. finals yep. and beat the Celtics in the finals, and that would have been like a, a perfect scenario. I was, that's why I was root. That's I couldn't root for him, but at least I was. I was hoping they would come through. Yeah. And then on the top of everything, him on the court, there was no way I could root for the Clippers. <laughs> and, and, then, <laughs> and then to top everything my wife, off, my wife told me she says, "I thought you said I thought you wanted the, the Clippers to win." <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. Then he says, well, why are you screaming and yelling every time something good happens for the <laughs> for the nugget? Well, Play like a time wife. <laughs> and then I'll tell you right now, it's something that also at the same. very end of it, they made every excuse. Every excuse oh, yeah. came out. And instead we're, of just we're, saying. We're really looking at next year, Paul George says. Yeah, it's, and the, or it wasn't a championship or year bust, you know, that, or bust year, championship or bust year. That, those, these kind of things, you know, just excuses. And then I hear, yeah. oh, well, we're too new. We still trying to get to know each other. Huh. And LeBron and AD weren't. So right. don't tell me that. I, I just, I don't right. want to hear the excuses. They lost. They flat out lost. Right. They got beat. They choked. It got in their heads. Simple as that. It happens. 
It's it's just part of life. <laughs> and they gave on. OKC all of those draft picks. Yeah, and, all, and their best player for Paul George. Well, that you was, know what? Next year for the Clippers, it's championship or bust in, in more ways than one because uh, both. Oh yeah. Yeah, with Kawhi and PG, absolutely, they have the choice now after next year to go and leave if they want to. So. Again, after that spirited discussion, I want to go ahead that would be and the ideal thing to happen next year that they bust again and and PG and Kawhi both leave. Well, then Twitter and then Twitter <laughs> will where? Twitter would really go crazy then. Yeah, absolutely. But to go where is where I would. That's why I can't figure out where would they go. <laughs> I mean, it would depend on how they got how they lost, right? If if I mean, Paul George is looking at maybe his last max contract if he has another year slash playoff series like this. Leonard, I think, well, has I got enough rep well, and has taken the team all the way. To the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, I think they both end up – it's hard to leave L.A. I mean, Chris Paul yeah. did, but then, you know, he left and ended up in Oklahoma City. So. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you might just stay in L.A. and try to figure it out. I'm, I'm curious if they roll it back out as is or if they try to, like, trade Lou or Montre like, tre like uh, if they bring – He's gone. <laughs> well, I think they Maybe. can get him now. He's cheap they, they now. Can, he's cheap. He's, yeah, he's, he's lost good, good a lot point. of money. Good point. You're right. And also, like, I mean, I feel like Doc Rivers is safe. But the house... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It is going to be yeah. interesting indeed. But before we head on out, I got to go ahead and get everyone updated on what we're talking about outside of the Clippers being roasted more than the Celtics on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Laker Tom, I know you're working on some stuff that's not vitamin D related. So go ahead and give everybody an update. <laughs> that's on what's coming up on medium.com and that hopefully they will find out on Lakerholics.com as well. Uh, I've got an article that I'm going to post tomorrow morning on, uh, Basically, a lot of the things that I talked about uh, with respect to the Nuggets series. Um, who's going to play center for the Lakers against uh, <laughs> <laughs> against uh, Nikola Jokic? Here we go again. Uh, I know, so, and it's that's what I love about these articles is that, like when I when I make comments, it's it's usually a lot of back and forth between me and LT on this. But I never say that we won't play small ball or AD won't play the five in crunch time. I'm always just talking about who starts and it becomes this whole thing. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm just talking about who's starting. McGee's going to start. Well, I like this one, Jamie, because I pretty well, you know, just as I said in my comments, I pretty well concede that Frank is going to try the big lineup, but he's going to have the small ball lineup in his back pocket. Yeah. If, if it gets to the point where it necessitates it, he's not going to hesitate this time around. And I think what it's we discovered is that he's adjustable is because of Jokic's ability to pass. So if you double, if you double Murray and he gets the ball to Jokic in the in the middle, then then we're four against three and it's going to be hard. Well, you got to check. Big night, so. Well, you got to definitely check out what Laker Tom has to say on his articles on Medium.com and LakerHolics.com, provided that LakerHolics.com will allow us to do so. Jamie Sweet, I know you got some things that you're cooking up. I know for your five great things, want to hear what you're doing right now and what you're cooking up for people at LakerHolics.com. I mean, really just waiting to see uh, what happens uh, after game one tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. Uh, I love this time when it's four teams and you're starting to get down to the nitty gritty of eight games. Of the, of the, I know we're like, you know, you're, you can see the end of the season. Players can see the end of the season. Coaches, everybody can see the end of the season. Whatever the end of the season actually is this year, that's to be determined. But like basketball will stop. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Um, uh, also working on, uh, some, uh, 
some other side projects, not liquors related, which I, we don't need to get into here. But you're uh, always gonna plug your stuff, man. As long as it's legal. This is liquors. Let's let's keep let's focus, man. Let's stay locked okay, in. Focus enough, on stuff. Enough. Well, I know your friends um, on your profile want to go ahead and start talking, so they've always got the invitation. I can just go ahead and and just start the re- recording, and you guys can go ahead and talk. The invitation's open <laughs> to you guys at any point in time. You and your friends. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna hit my bedtime eventually. You know, I got I got to get some I got to get some Z's here eventually. Uh, but yeah, well, no. Uh, the divide the, the vibrant discussion is, is is always a fun way to cap off a great day of basketball. So, you know, looking forward to that tomorrow night. Uh, I'm assuming as well. And uh, you know. Go Lakers, man. Let's let's get let's get game one. Let's prove me wrong. Yeah, but there you go. And last but certainly not least, Raphael, I know you're working on a lot of great stuff because I know it's, it's uh, pretty late for you as well. But everybody, if they can, please check out his awesome experience at NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, and of course, his two great podcasts. So what you're working on now, I know you just dropped something today for NBA Draft Junkies, mm-hmm. but what are you working on on your great site, NBA Draft Junkies? But one today where we... A guy came on and he talked about his uh, his big board. Derek then, uh, Preshak, I think, correct? Yep, he runs a site called tailgatetake.com. And then um, I, I did a video on Washington's Jaden McDaniels a couple of days ago, and the next video I'll put up would be Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Well, there you go. And you got to check out all the, the profiles that he has up there, the conversations, the interviews, the podcasts, and so much more at NBA Draft Junkie. So, my friends, it's been a great conversation. Twitter conversations aside, it's been great indeed. I hope everybody drinks their milk and get their vitamin D for this week because we're going to get prepared and get ready for another great series coming up tomorrow. The Lakers and Nuggets, the conference finals start for them tomorrow, game one. Got to go ahead and check it out. You never know who might be in the virtual crowd. Maybe one of us could be Laker Tom, could be Jamie Sweet, could be Raphael it could be me you never know but one of us will be in the virtual crowd tomorrow acc805 he what you'll get on tomorrow my friend i'll send you the invite aztec goji thank you so much for watching can't wait till tomorrow i know we can't wait till tomorrow i know the person who's going to be in the virtual audience can't wait for tomorrow i wonder who that might be you'll find out and they'll talk about it on tomorrow's show and of course everything that went on during the game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.